Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcityc.org slash students. How many of you guys love, love cereal? Any cereal lovers? All right. Uh, take a minute right now. I want you to tell the person next to you what your favorite cereal is. Favorite cereal. All right. So it shouldn't take long. Any of you, any of you uh, Crunchberry fans, that was your favorite. Any of you? No? Not very many. How about a Corn Pops? Anybody do Corn Pops? Got a handful of Corn Pops. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to think. I got to get the one. That... Fruit Loops? Got a lot of Fruit Loops? Maybe a few Fruit Loops here. All right. How about, a, how about Cocoa Crisp? Or a, not Cocoa Crisp, but Cookie Crisp. Anybody like Cookie Crisp? I could eat that all day. So, Lucky, Lucky Charms? Lucky Charms? Hey, there's something about the... Now, here's the deal. Listen. There's something about the marshmallows in Lucky Charms. I feel like I'm chewing on little pieces of chalk. That's just... It doesn't work. You know, I love... You guys, I love cereal. When I tell you that I love cereal, when I eat a bowl of cereal, I don't eat like, like a bowl. Like, you ever seen like your dog's dish? That's a bowl of cereal for me. You give me a box of Special K Red Berries, that's got two servings per box for me. And I'm talking about the big box. I'm going to tell you a story. One time I sat down with another one of my favorite cereals. A great bowl of frosted, fresh frosted mini wheats. I love frosted mini wheats. Can't get the stale ones. If those go stale, it's nasty. And I'm gonna tell you, I sat down with my big bowl, and when you're a guy like me, you sit in your recliner, you balance it on your stomach, and you just kind of you hold it right here, so it doesn't have very far to go to your mouth, and you just kind of shovel it in. And I'm sitting binging on like Netflix, right? Just watching Stranger Things or something, shoveling it in. I got to the end of my bowl of cereal. The most unexpected end to my bowl of cereal. And there was a mouse turd in the bottom of the milk. I ate that whole bowl of cereal. And there was a mouse turd sitting down there in the bottom, just going, hello. Such an unexpected ending to my bowl of cereal. I wonder, I wonder, students, last week, last week some of you guys were slammed in the face with an unexpected ending to a week of element. We had the cards that everybody filled out that we marked those boxes. Those of you that were here, you remember this. Some of you, the unexpected ending was you had no idea the pain that existed in this room. Some of you, mouth open, were like, I can't believe what I'm seeing. Am I right? And there's others of you, there's others of you, I forgot to shut my phone off, that's a good reminder. There's others of you that you were the one checking a box. And, and when it got to that box that you thought you were the only one in this entire room that checked that box, 
When Parker said, I want you to stand up, if that box is checked, you started to look around because you expected there to be one person standing. You expected that you were struggling in isolation and that you were the only one. And instead, what you found is that there were dozens of students in the room that knew what it felt like. And that was an unexpected ending to a week of element for you. And maybe for the first time when you looked across, maybe you thought to yourself and you say, you know what, I might be able to find some hope. I might be able to find some hope at this place because they are finding hope. And maybe for the first time you felt a glimmer of hope that you needed to feel. Students, it's, it's one thing to simply understand that you're not alone. It's another thing to understand that Jesus knows your name and Jesus feels your pain. I want to talk to you tonight about something because I realized something last week. I have to confess something to you. I had a moment of panic at the end of last week and I was worried that we opened this can of pain and we had done you a disservice because maybe, maybe we hadn't done enough to step into what you felt like is a mess of your life. Does that make sense, what I'm saying? And so what I want to do tonight is to go to a deeper level because it's one thing to know that you're not alone. It's another thing to know that Jesus knows your name and Jesus feels your pain. He knows it. But it is a life-changing, eternity-altering truth to wrap your arms completely around the idea that Jesus wants to step into the mess of your life. Because there are students, there are those of you sitting here tonight that are going, man, my life is such a mess. My parents don't want to step into the mess of my life. My friends don't want to step into the mess of my life. How in the world could a God that I cannot simply lay my eyes on want to step into the mess of my life? And, and students, tonight I want to give you some hope because that is the truth, is that Jesus wants to step into the mess of your life. He wants to step into those areas that you think are untouchable. If you've got your Bibles open, I want you to open it to John chapter 11 because we're going we're gonna to look at the story of a man named Lazarus. It's a man that God performed a miracle in his life. We're going to pick up in John chapter 11 verse 1. If you have your Bible apps or if you have a Bible, you can open it and follow along. Now a man named Lazarus was very sick. He was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. This Mary, whose brother Lazarus now lay sick, was the same one who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair. So the sisters sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one that you love is sick. When he heard this, Jesus said, this sickness will not end in death. I want you to see something here. This was a very close friend to Lazarus. The messenger said to Jesus, the one that you love is sick. So this wasn't just some random person. It was a very close friend. Lord, the one that you love is sick. Jesus stayed for a few more days where he was, doing some things, talks his disciples into saying, look guys, we are heading back to Jerusalem, to Judea, to that area, because there is something we need to do. My friend Lazarus is sick. He needs to be healed. He's, I, I, he needs my attention, and he makes his way back. And on his arrival, we're in verse 17 now. 
Chapter 11, verse 17, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. We, funerals look like one thing in our culture. In our culture, when someone dies, it, sometimes it might take two weeks before we bury them. In their culture, if I went home and I kicked the can tonight, it's the responsibility of my family to wrap me up in burial cloths with, with, uh, with spices so that I don't stink. And then they shove me into a cave and then they're going to roll the stone closed, and then they're going to wait like a year until my body decomposes, and then they go back and they get my bones and they put it in a box. If I lived back then, that's what my funeral would look like. They would go, yep, he's dead. Grab the body, wrap it up, shove it in a hole. We'll see you in a year. Roll it closed. So the tomb had been closed, students, for four days. You ever smelled a bad car garbage can in the heat of the summer that's had a bunch of trash? On the bottom, you ever walk by one of those? You ever smell what happens when like food starts to decompose and rot? You ever smell like a rotten potato? Something gross, you put your finger in it, right? Students, Lazarus had been dead. Stay with me here. He had been dead for four days. Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, she went out to meet him, but Mary stayed at home. Lord, Martha said, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. She was, she was faithful. She said, Jesus, I know you could have healed my brother. And, it, and then she said this next sentence. She said, and she said, but I know that even now God will give you whatever you ask. She was saying in a sense, hey, I know that this didn't turn out the way that I expected. This ending is not what I thought was going to be the ending. But Lord, I still trust you. I know that you came from God. I know that you listened to God. In fact, listen to what she says. Because Jesus says to her in verse 25, Jesus says, I am the resurrection Martha, and I am the life. He who believes in me, even though he dies, excuse me, he who believes in me will live, even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And Jesus looks right at her and goes, Martha, do you believe this? She said, yes, Lord. I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. After this, she went back and called her sister Mary aside. She said, Mary, the teacher is here, and he's asking for you. When Mary heard this, she got up and quickly went out to him. Now Jesus had not entered the village, but was still at the place where Martha had met him. When the Jews who had been with Mary in the house comforting her noticed how quickly she got up and went out, they followed her because they thought she was going to mourn at the tomb of her brother again. She had surrounded herself with close friends, a community right next to her. That when she was weeping, they wept with her. When Mary reached the place where Jesus was and saw him, she felt his feet. Lord, again, same thing that Martha said. Lord, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And listen to these next verses, you guys. We get to see the best pieces of Jesus' humanity his humanness, and his godliness at the same time. When Jesus saw her weeping and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, this, is, this isn't just crying. You know how you guys are embarrassed when you cry and you hide your face? This is ugly crying is what's happening here. It's the type of crying that you can hear from blocks away. It's the type of crying that you think to yourself, 
what in the world is going on because it sounds like they're dying. They're weeping uncontrollably. It says, Jesus saw them weeping. He was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. We're going to talk about what that means again because Jesus was deeply moved in spirit and troubled and he was slightly angry and indignant to what had been going on. Almost to the point that I think he was ready to fight. Come and see. Uh, where have you played? Where have you laid the body? He was asking where Lazarus was. Come and see, Lord. And then listen, if you've never memorized scripture, verse 35, you can memorize this one tonight. Jesus wept. Why is it so important that we record in scripture that Jesus wept? You know what? It is his humanity being recorded here that he felt sorrow. He felt hurt. He was sad. And he cried. He was not a heartless God that was immune to hurt. In verse 38, it says, Jesus, once more deeply moved, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone laid across the entrance. Take away the stone, he said. It says, but Lord, Martha said, by now, by this time, there is a bad odor, for he has been in there for four days. She said, Lord, you can't go in there. It is beyond repair. You cannot touch this. It is filthy. It stinks. There's nothing that you can do about it. But Jesus is deeply moved. Jesus is looking around and he's seeing all these people impacted by death, impacted by destruction, impacted by hurt, by sorrow. And when it says that he is deeply moved, because he is God, students, he is looking at it and going, I never intended any of this hurt to exist. I never intended death to exist. I never intended hurt, pain, loss to exist. When I created the world, this did not exist. It was not part of the plan. And that's why he was angry. He wasn't angry at people. He was angry at the enemy that had brought this in. And what Jesus did at that point, he said, look, I told you that you would see miracles. You would see God glorified. And he looks up and he thanks his father. He addresses God as father. I am glad that you have heard me. I am doing this so that these people may believe, they may be encouraged, they may see you glorified. And then what he does next is unreal. He speaks to an open tomb where the, the stink of rotting body is coming out. And he says, Lazarus, come out. He doesn't ask. He declares it. And Lazarus walks out. And it's not a walking dead situation. It's not flesh falling off his face. He is restored. He lives again. He eats food. He has friendships. He dies again. He was fully alive. Students, there's three things that you need to know from this story that you have got to take away. Because I heard this story growing up, and I was like, man, that's a cool Bible story. And we'd, we'd wrap each other up in toilet paper when we were like five years old, and we'd pretend we were Lazarus and we were mummies coming out of a hole. Like, that was all fun and games. But why do I need to hear this? This is why. When God moves, he does it for the glory. When Jesus acts on God's behalf, it's for God's glory 
not necessarily my comfort or your comfort. So many times we think that unless God does something to make this better, to give me what I want, uh, what I think I need, we think that God isn't moving. But the truth is this. God doesn't move for your glory and for your comfort. God moves for his glory. And I will tell you from my personal experience, when God has moved in my life, most often it's forced me to get uncomfortable. And I think the same would be true about you. The second thing is this. He looked Mary in the eye and he said, hey, Mary, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? Students, what are you going to do with that question? What are you going to do with that question? Jesus is looking straight at you. Some of you in this room, those three guys just answered that question publicly in front of all of you. They said, yes, we believe that he is the resurrection. He is the life. I believe in him, and I will never die. And even if I do die physically, I will not die spiritually because my faith is placed in him. They all said, yes, I believe that you are the Christ sent from God. And you're here to give me salvation. They say it said yes. What are you saying? Some of you sitting in these rows right now have not answered that question. Third thing you need to take away from this, this story of Lazarus is this. Just like Martha looking at Jesus saying, Jesus, you can't go here. You have things that you have placed in a tomb, and you've told Jesus, you can't go here. You either don't think Jesus wants to step into that mess or has the ability to step into that mess. And so you have placed habits, mindsets, secrets, hurt, isolation, stuff you don't want anybody to know about, and you've You've rolled the stone over the entrance and you hold Jesus back and you go, you can't go in here. It's too dead. It's too far gone for you, Lord. So maybe you've done that or, and, or maybe you've placed people in this tomb and you've thought to yourself, there is nothing that Jesus can do for them. There is no hope because they are too far gone. You know what, students? If you walked beside me for a certain period of my life, you would have pointed a finger in my face and you would have said, he is too far gone. There is no hope for that person. When I catch up with people from my high school that I graduate with and they ask me what I'm doing with my life, they go, no, seriously, what are you doing? You would have put me in this tomb. It's been too long. His sin is too dirty. Jesus, you can't do anything about this, students. This is what, this is what Jesus is all about. This is why the story of Lazarus is so important. So what we're going to do tonight, we've got two songs. We've got an exercise that we're going to walk you guys through during these songs. We're going to trust you to do this at a highly mature level. We challenged you last week, same challenge this week. Man, if you can't handle it, just sit silently. Leave your phones off. 
Put them in your pocket. You're not going to need them for the next 10 minutes. We've got plexiglass at four stations out here. And some of you in this room, listen to me. Some of you in this room have put stuff in that tomb. And you need to allow Jesus to step into the mess of your life. Because that's where he wants to be. Even if you don't want him to be there, he wants to be there. And some of you need to go up to that plexiglass thing outside of the outline of the words. Am I right? And you need to write your name. And taking that a step further, you need to talk to your coach tonight. And you need to look him square in the eye and say, look, I've got a mess of death in that tomb that I got to talk about. Can we please get together? And they will do that. And, the re- and, and so some of you in the room have that that you need to tend to, and you need to tend to it tonight. There's no sense waiting any longer. And then others of you in this room, you have placed people in this tomb. You have friends that you have written off, that you are no longer, uh, you won't even look at them, let alone pray for them. And you've placed your friends in that tomb. And my challenge to you is this. This is Easter weekend. This is a weekend. Maybe you have family members. Maybe you're like, you know what? My mom and dad will never listen. My brother will never listen. My aunt will never listen. My grandparents will never listen. You know what? Let God deal with that. Roll the stone away. Invite Jesus in. Go, Jesus, I can't do a dang thing about it. I need you to handle this. And you need to write their name on that board. You hear me? And by writing their name on that board, just first name, we don't need last names. This is a weekend that maybe they will take a chance and they will come to a service with you this weekend. We've got two services on Saturday. We've got three services on Sunday. More than half of you don't go to church anywhere on a Sunday morning. We want you here this weekend with your siblings, with your family, with your extended family, with your nieces, with your nephews. We want you here going, going, look, we're going to allow Jesus a chance to speak into this because I can't do anything about it, but I'm going to trust that Jesus can. So in the next two songs, I'm going to pray. You have an opportunity to move. I want you to do it silently, respectfully. So we're going to stand as we pray. Everybody stand up silently. We're going to pray. Father, I thank you that you have power over death because that means that you have power to do anything. Father, help us to allow you to step into the mess of our lives and help us with love to to give the opportunity for you to step into the lives of the people that, that that we love, that we feel like may be gone too far gone for you because they're not. Pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. So this is, this is what you need to remember and why the story of Lazarus is so important. And it's this. It's that I needed to know that if, if I could trust that God was going to deal with, with my sin, 
with my filth, my issues, everything that I had hidden in this tomb, I had to know that Jesus had the ability to raise the dead. I had to know that he was able to do that because if I can see that Jesus is able to raise the dead, he can deal with whatever issues I have or whatever issues my friends have. It gives me full confidence that he has not failed us. It gives us full confidence that he will not, has not failed us, and he never will. And I get full confidence when I see the fact that Lazarus has walked out of a tomb and students, please, please, please take advantage of the opportunity to bring your family this weekend. It would be a shame if they missed out on the great opportunity to get some of the hope that you may have, that you've had the opportunity to receive. All right? So let's do that and let's celebrate resurrection together this weekend. Keep that in mind as we continue to worship together. Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcityc.org slash student.